0: Welcome into Attacking Third. I'm your host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. My trusty partner, Sandra Herrera, she's on vacation this week, well-deserved. So filling in for her, I have with me the lovely Lori Lindsay, former U.S. Women's National Team superstar
1: and analyst. Lori, welcome. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. And hi to Sandra. I hope she's having a great uh, vacation and, as you mentioned, well-deserved. So I'm happy to step in.
0: Oh, well-deserved. She works so hard. And now I get to step into the main hosting chair for a little bit and have on some of my friends. You're with us today, and you'll be back for the weekend recap at at the end of this weekend. And we're also welcoming another friend, Marissa Pilla, CBS Sports reporter, sideline reporter for the NWSL. She'll be with us on the recap too, Laura. So it's it's actually great for me. I get to see all my
1: friends. (laughs) That's perfect. Thanks for having us. This is a blast.
0: So this episode we are have a lot to cover Lori lots of games happening there's midweek action in the NWSL between Houston and OL Reign that happened on Wednesday evening we'll recap that game for everyone give an update on the standings because As we know, the standings are so tight right now in the NWSL as we near the championship in November. Also, a big weekend ahead of NWSL games. Every team is playing, so five matches between Saturday and Sunday. We're going to preview them all for you and give you a heads-up on what's to come from those. But first, Lori, let's recap. Houston versus OL Reign. OL Reign taking the head-to-head between Houston and O.L. Reign with a 1-0 win over Houston Wednesday evening. This game in Houston, so hot, so humid. There were (laughs) hydration breaks throughout of it. This game on CBS Sports Network. And it was a really short turnaround from last weekend's games to the midweek action. And both Houston and O.L. Reign have more games to come this upcoming weekend. Because of that, we saw players like Megan Rapinoe not travel for O.L. Reign not play at all. But for Houston in that starting lineup for the first time in orange was Abby Dahlkampfer slotting into that center back position alongside Katie Naughton. Megan Oyster was pushed out wide into the outside back position because Haley Hansen not available due to yellow card accumulation. But this 1-0 game for O.L. Reign, the goal coming from Bethany Bowser. it was her seventh. She is now tied for the league lead, the golden boot race at seven goals. What a a game by Bethany Balser. I mean overall Lori when when you watch these teams, OL Rain and Houston, um and, and OL Rain
1: of course with the win, but what stands out to you between these two teams? Well I think what stands out is when you need to get points. all Rain is starting to get them and or have been getting them. You know, it's, um, you know, one thing that Allie even talked about in the broadcast yesterday is that like, you know, these this season has been bizarre, not only just because it's been Olympic year, but we had the Challenge Cup at the beginning, right? So it's just been a long season already, it feels like. And a lot of teams have talked about breaking it up into certain um, segments and needing to get points. And in particular, James Clarkson has talked about that a lot. And, um, you know, one of the big areas areas of concern for a lot of teams was what, how, how are they going to perform during that Olympic break time or when their international players are gone? And I think unfortunately for uh, Houston and James Clarkson's side, hasn't been that great, right? There hasn't been a ton of consistency in terms of collecting points and uh, just being, I think, um, commanding in the way that they're stepping out into the field that we've seen even last year in some different parts in the challenge cup. Um, However, for O'Reilly, completely opposite. I mean, they missed a lot of players, but they kept plugging away. They kind of started to get their stride even during that Olympic time. Collected points when needed, kept themselves tight into the group that you talked about in terms of the standing. And then it was always just a matter of time with uh, the respect that Laura Harvey has with a lot of these players. Once she came in, just solidify things a little bit more, get this team excited with the the enthusiasm that she has. And listen, they haven't missed a beat. They have been phenomenal. And as you said, important stretch of games, having played Sunday and a big win um, against Portland, playing on the road, being able, having to rotate players, not missing a beat there, and then you're going to have to play again on the weekend. But O.L. Reign stepping up when needed, um, and it's the team that we started to expect um, or we have all expecting to see in terms of ticking along and, and scoring big-time goals.
0: The rhythm is truly coming together for O.L. Rain, like you mentioned. And a player like Bethany Valser, who gets another goal in this match, and this goal came really early on, eight minutes into mm-hmm. the match. In our preview episode for this game, Sandra and I, we had the pleasure of previewing it. And Sandra mentioned that the goals were going to come for this game, either in the first 10 minutes or the last 10 minutes. And then it would be a stalemate throughout. Uh, Sandra, (laughs) you were exactly right. Opening 10 minutes, Bethany Balser gets the goal, but the goal really came from pressure from Jess Fishlock, who... Man, Lori, she is fun to watch. She's so creative. She is their playmaker in the middle of the field for OL range. She puts pressure on Houston, who turns the ball over, and then it's a combination play between Fishlock and Losomer. Fishlock, she gets the shot off. Jane Campbell saves it, and at halftime, Marissa Pilla got to ask Bethany Balser, why were you in that position to just tap the ball away in the goal? And she said, I wasn't sure if Fishlock was going to shoot it or pass it to me, so <laughs> I need it be in the right position. Ends up, Fishlock shoots it. Jane Campbell saves the ball initially off the goal, and it's such an easy tap-in for Bethany Balser. It's always the easy ones that make them record breakers. Now she's at the top of the Golden Boot race in the NWSL, but so much of this game was slow. Honestly, it was a slow buildup. Shea Groom for Houston didn't come in until halftime, same as Jasmine Spencer. They both subbed in at the half to try to provide fresh legs and a spark, especially going against an OL rain team that wasn't used to the heat and the humidity in Houston. Unfortunately, though, for James Clarkson's side, not able to get on the board, but Abby Dahlcamper stepping in for Houston in that back line. Lori, we talked about it, Sandra and I, about Camper joining this Houston team, and now we got to see her 90 minutes of action for Houston in orange. How does Camper, how does she fit into this back line and, and the play that Houston wants to do?
1: Uh, I think she fits in well. And I think we saw that even last night, um, just seamlessly playing next to not that moved oyster out wide. And, you know, James Clarkson has been talking about this for a bit. Like when I've asked him in particular, okay, like, listen, you're getting all of your Olympians back, but like, where is an area that you still feel you need to improve? And he's, he's, he did say depth in that central back position because oyster not having to play a ton. Haley Hanson has been out with injury. Alicia Chapman just getting back. Right. she, he even said it, she was held together by a bandaid essentially. So listen, they don't have a ton of depth in the back and to be able to bring Del burn her experience in, and then to be able to move oyster, even though it's not her preferred position, but with the experience she has, I mean, this is going to help them. Right. I, I just think that the tough part is, is like, you know, it's, it's getting later in the season. Yes. They're, they're creating some of their own problems, I just think it's, can they right the ship quicker and start to get back to the way? Because leaking goals and these turnovers that are leading to the tap-ins, credit to Bethany Bolser, that's what you do as a, a central st- striker, just get in the right position, right? They don't have to be fancy. Awesome. But I, I'm just looking at this, I, you know, I'm I'm not so sure about the player personnel in terms of um, – that Houston is continues to put out there. I just I'm just not seeing the the pizzazz or the excitement, and so we'll see if they have enough time to be able to turn it around. I mean they're still in the hunt, right, and to, to get themselves above the playoff position. But just these these aren't very convincing performances, I would say. And its last thing is. It is cliche to be like home points are necessary, but the fine, the margins are so fine right now in this league. And as you mentioned, we do these previews and we're like, this is who we think is going to win. And then who is actually just like we laugh because it's like who actually knows what's going to happen. And um, but that's what it feels like. But in in that case, when that is a situation, you have to win at home and Houston not doing that not winning at home. So um, they're going to go on the road to Orlando, who's looking to be a bright side as well. So we'll see if they have enough time and they can kind of turn things around even with Abidal Kimper.
0: Having enough time is the name of the game for essentially all of the teams in the standings right now because they are so close, except, of course, for Portland Thorns at the top. But after the midweek matchup in the NWSL, OL Reign, they stay at number three. However, they gain three points now at 28. They're tied with North Carolina. However, if you look at the actual standings, North Carolina sits ahead of OL Reign with the better goal differential plus 13 for North Carolina, plus five for OL Reign. But this number three spot at 28 points, only four points behind the number one Portland Thorns. So it's just so tight. Houston, they remain at number eight with 21 points, only three points away from that sixth place spot. Again, top six teams make playoff. The first two teams get a bye. We have a packed weekend ahead of us. Before we get to that, we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Attacking Third. Lisa Roman alongside Lori Lindsay. Five matches this weekend. Every team in the NWSL is facing off against each other. It starts on Saturday in the evening for our East Coast Times. Uh, Lots of games on at the same time. Make sure you get those double monitors. But we'll start with... The first game, Lori, Gotham versus Chicago Red Stars, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Number 7, Gotham FC playing number 5, Chicago Red Stars, but only three points separating the Red Stars and Gotham in the standings. As we talked about earlier in the week in our News and Notes episode, Scott Parkinson at the helm for Gotham officially after the news this week. He is the former assistant of the Red Stars head coach Rory Dames. Um, Not sure if he'll be at this match or not as of yet. We're recording this before news has come out about anything in that terms. But also, his first assistant, Beverly Gobel Yanez, taking over and stepping in beside Scott Parkinson. And this is the first game for Gotham without Freya Coombe. She left. Last weekend, after Gotham's one 0 loss to Orlando, um, not for lack of effort though that loss. Carly Lloyd trying her best to get goals, and and Lori, this one, Chicago Gotham. Who do you have winning this one? Uh,
1: you know what? I'm going to go with Gotham because typically, you know, we, as you mentioned, we're not sure about um, Scott Parkinson um, if he will be there yet, but we imagine that Bev Yana at least one of them will be. And I think you know, typically, there's there's a real good balance of some experience and youth in this team, and uh, you know, it, it seems without knowing exactly that, you know, the the coaching change and all that had been going on with the club had started away on this Gotham team and the club um, throughout this last month. Right. They were on a really good tra- trajectory and then kind of lost their way in August. So I think sometimes when you have these coaching changes, it really rejuvenates the team. So I'm going to go with Gotham, um, because they are playing at home as well. And, um, I think as you mentioned, Carly Lloyd could have easily if it wasn't for Ashland Harris and breaking the record, right. 469 saves. Um, if it wasn't for her, that could have been a totally different result and we could have a different conversation here. So I think that they're still playing a high-level game. I think that they have a real good continuity between um, the players. And I think they could put some pressure under um, or on Chicago um, coming in because Gotham also knows they need to win. And um, I think that is is very clear. And with the games, just a few left for Carly Lloyd, she's going to be feeling that and <laughs> granted. She definitely guarantee that she wants to go out on a win. So,
0: Lori, you mentioned the changes with Parkinson and now Ynez as first assistant. Uh, what the rebrand wasn't enough change for Gotham this year, they needed, <laughs> they needed more going into it. Oh, I understand exactly where you're coming from. I just have to go against you. I think Chicago's going to win this. This is the point in the season for Rory Dames and his squad that they can just somehow shift into a new gear. I, I've seen it happen before with his team. Even early in the season, the first fourth or third of the season, he was like, we are right where we need to be. At the bottom of the table, he didn't care about the <laughs> playoff standings. He said, we're exactly where we need to be. We will get the points where we need to get them. Um, in Chicago, they're coming off a 3-0 win over Kansas City. Two of those goals coming off set pieces. So they're getting goals offset piece opportunities, which that means a lot. That means a lot going into games like this, if you can capitalize on those opportunities. And then the last goal for Chicago coming in the run of play. So they they have the double threat there depending on where they get their opportunities. But there's something about Mallory Pugh, Watt up top, even in the middle of the park and in their back line, the players that just somehow kick it into another gear even having the olympians back tierna davidson the training sessions for chicago have been elevated because of that um we'll see though i'm gonna go with chicago i'm i think it'll be narrow though i think one nil chicago do you have a a score line for me Lori?
1: i'm gonna go with um two to one gotham and i like this i really appreciate you going against me and let's report back um lisa i'm gonna be texting you on saturday okay (laughs) <laughs> I
0: can't wait, Lori. I can't wait. Well, we have more games after this one. So that game, Chicago Gotham starting at 7 at 7:30 Eastern. Racing Louisville versus OL Rain. OL Rain, this is just a very quick turnaround from their Wednesday matchup in Houston. Now playing against Racing Louisville, number nine Louisville against number three OL Rain. And this is the first match for Racing Louisville since the news that head coach Christy Holly was terminated as head coach on Tuesday evening. Uh, there has been no more news out of louisville since then um but as it pertains to that game mario sanchez will take over the head coaching duties for racing louisville he's the head coach of soccer holdings youth academy and soccer holdings is the parent company of racing louisville for those who are curious what that means um but louisville they're finally out of their stretch of back to back to back to back games. <laughs> um every team has had it at some point or another throughout this season and Louisville got hit pretty hard with that. And now OL Rain coming off their third straight win. The Olympians, they're fully back. They're fully integrative. What does Laura Harvey bring for OL Rain against racing Louisville?
1: Well, I think she'll absolutely know that, um, taking their foot off the pedal is an uh, a non-negotiable, um, especially after having these three straight wins and, um, a quick turnaround getting the result of Houston where it's not easy to play and then having to go play at racing Louisville. Um, so I am going to give the upper hand to, um, O.L. rain. I don't think it will be as a, uh, of a bigger margin as we would maybe typically expect given where OL rain is right now. Um, compared to what I would usually say against a, a, a racing Louisville um, and where they are just because of that three game stretch and the travel that's involved. I also think, unlike what I said against Gotham um, with a coaching change, sometimes that's really like exciting for a team. You know, I'll be really curious. This is a young racing Louisville team that has not really developed much consistency throughout the season. They've gotten some needed results to keep them um, pushing along and they've performed well in their first year. But I, I think given they're so young, I'll be really curious about how this coaching change and the firing of Christy Holly affects because I think this is the first season for a lot of these players like A long season, playing 90 minutes, and it'll be challenging to find out who really is going to lead them in terms of that, like, captaincy and leadership at this point in time. I think it's going to be really tough for them and against an OL Reign team that has a ton of leadership who is like, hell yeah, let's get ourselves into the playoffs. Let's vie for that top spot. We're not messing around anymore. Um, So my prediction is 2-1 to OL Reign. I like that. I, I seem Isn't to like that. The that same <laughs> <laughs> That's across the board. It's just going to be two one this weekend. Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think All Rain will come out on top of this. Um, the the coaching changeover for Racing Louisville is definitely throwing a pebble in their road, in, in their road to a playoff position. Um, the wins matter right now for Racing Louisville because they are towards the bottom of the standings at number nine, only Kansas City below them. Every single game, they need to take points off of their opponent. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Racing Louisville try to play to a draw in this matchup just to get one point off O.L. Reign and try to climb that way. As you mentioned, O.L. Reign, a quick turnaround for them and for their Olympians. Megan Rapinoe not at the Wednesday matchup against Houston. Presumably, she will play against Racing Louisville. Lori, will she get another penalty kick? I
1: mean, she might. I mean, listen—the way that this—the way that this team is playing, and the the pressure that they're putting under, forcing the turnovers, forcing teams to have to go to ground in in the final third and in a penalty spot. I mean, why not? And right now, like it's it's unstoppable. she's unstoppable. I mean, it's been it's been great.
0: She is unstoppable, and the attack that O.L. Rain has with Angelina Rose Lavelle, Jess Fishlock, Megan Rapino, it's unmatched, honestly. It's, it is is so fun to watch, and the organization of Racing Louisville isn't quite there defensively to put a stop to that when they can go over teams like Portland and, and make Portland not look the best in the second half of that Cascadia rivalry due to the attacking presence of OL Rain. I give OL Rain this one. Um, I want to see lots of goals. I want to see lots of <laughs> goals. I'm gonna go 2-0. I was gonna go three nil, but I I have to remember that I think Racing Louisville will sit back and play a bit more defensively in this matchup just to try to take one point, squeak out with the tie and get one point off OL Rain. The last matchup of Saturday, we have some NWSL After Dark action. It's Portland Thorns playing host to Washington Spirit. Portland had a nice long week break along with Washington. Portland coming off of the Cascadia lost to OL Reign last weekend 2 to 1, and I think this that loss against OL Reign hurt Portland Thorns more or just as much as it elevated OL Reign and gave them momentum. I think that Portland will come out with a vengeance in this matchup against Washington. One thing that head coach Mark Parsons said about that Portland OL rain game is that Portland should have finished it in the first half. They got one right before halftime from Angela Salem, but they could have had two or three more opportunities. So I think that Portland's going to come out against this Washington Spirit team looking to put it away in the first half. Also, you have to take a look at Washington Spirit. They're coming off of a scoreless draw against North Carolina. Trinity Rodman, her consistency on the field, it needs to be better. In big moments, she can step up and she can surprise opponents with her speed and her ability and her really clever footwork when she has the ball. But Tori Huster, Andy Sullivan, it's the midfield unit for me watching this Washington Spirit team that is truly the biggest factor in helping them get a win. This might be one of my favorite games of the weekend that I'm going to watch, not only because it's NWSL after dark, so something crazy is bound to happen for sure, but – just because of the matchup and everything that is on the line for both of these teams. So Lori, for you, Portland, Washington.
1: Yeah. I'm actually going to go with the tie with this one. Um, I think, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. No two to
0: one, no two to
1: one. Yeah, Listen, I had to mix it up. Um, I agree with you though. This is one of my favorite matchups of the weekend as well. I think, you know, obviously Portland has been, really just outstanding with their performances this year and and the way they've gone about it and always going to be a tough matchup with O.L. Reyna could have gone either way really. Um, And, but with Washington, you know, I feel like there is something here, like this is the youngest team in the league and they're collectively still doing some really quality things. And, And for a team to hold that attack of North Carolina um scoreless last weekend is massive in terms of confidence now it does come down to the midfield I agree with you on that as well with Andy Sullivan, Torrey, Houston, Doreen Bailey or whoever how they decide to go with that configuration um I think the big question mark is how they will always deal with that extra player for Portland in there and defend that um it's not easy, easy place to play at Portland um as we all as I mean Maybe not everyone knows that, but you can imagine, right, in front of all the fans. So it's it's going to be a a challenge for Washington. But I think defensively, if they can get organized, um, they can um, they can cause some issues themselves. But I'm going with a tie because I think this could be pretty good battle, um, just in general through the middle of the park.
0: Um, I'm also going to go with a tie on this one, but mine won't be scoreless. I don't know what yours is going to be. I'll get you. I'll get you there. But I want to get my. Oh, I wanted to go one-one. Well, fine. We'll both go (laughs) one-one. I agree. I think that it'll be so tight. That's why this is my game to watch. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to watch this, this matchup and this rivalry. And for a team like Washington, they need points, too. As as you look at the standings, Washington number six, 23 points. They're right on the bubble of that playoff spot. And Portland, they, they took their first loss in 10 games or 11 games against O.L. Reign. They, they don't like to lose. They don't like that taste in their mouth. I think they'll come back um, powerful with a vengeance, looking to get back on the the quote-unquote right track for the Thorns, especially as the, the championship nears. But um, the young squad in Washington spirit, they can put up such a fight. Mm-hmm. They, they really can. So those are the three games we have on Saturday, Sunday. Two slates. Uh, for matches in the nwsl the first one orlando versus houston this game is at four eastern Lori, i believe you'll be there we'll hear your the soothing sounds of Lori and jen on the air
1: <laughs> i like it yes we will be there <laughs> for the space race is what it's being dubbed this space race
0: Oh, I love that. The space yeah. race between Orlando and Houston. Why yeah. not? Orlando coming off the big 1-0 win over Gotham. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The Ashlyn Harris versus Carly Lloyd matchup. Alex Morgan, she might be back for this one. We're recording this before injury reports are out and available. But just imagine Sydney LaRue and Alex Morgan, this such a force in the attack. So if Morgan is in the lineup or available for this game, I feel... I assume she'll play. She wants to get back out there and competing. Houston, they're coming off of a very narrow loss to OL Rain Wednesday. Quick turnaround for them. And they have to travel to Orlando. Abby Dahlkemper playing 90 minutes in the match against OL Rain on Wednesday. Uh, the back four Alicia Chapman, Katie Naughton, Abby Dahlcamper in the center back, and then Megan Oyster on the outside back. I, I don't know if Haley Hansen will be back. She was out for yellow card accumulation on the for the Wednesday match against OL Rain. But I, I imagine that Abby Dahlcamper will stay in that center back position, just what James Clarkson does with the other players around her and around Katie Naughton in, in the center back. Still up for question, but Lori, this is this is the big game. This is the space race right here. Who's getting to space first?
1: Yeah, I think that Orlando is getting to space first in this one. <laughs> um, I think it was a you know they're starting to see some production from some other players. Erica Timurak with the big goal the other weekend or last weekend on um against Gotham that provided proved to be the game winner. Um, and You know, I think this is a – they're going to have a little bit more of a break, not playing the midweek game. I think they need to use that to their advantage, playing at home, having more rest – push the pace um, of the game as much as possible. Um, and then, you know, listen, whether Alex Morgan is playing, but whether she's starting or coming off the bench, which I think that maybe that would be the case, um, you still have players like, you know, Sidney LaRue's up in that um, the race for, for Golden Boot. Um, Jody Taylor, that has been outstanding and have alleviated some of the goal-scoring responsibilities off of just Sidney LaRue. So this is a team that is starting to, like, Pick up points and really start to play at a higher level at the, again at the right time. Much like we said with OL Reign, so I'm going to give it to uh, Orlando again playing at home and they need the, those points and they'll know that. Um, and also, I think that they can. Um, I, I think that they can cause some issues in the midfield. We talk a lot about midfield battles, and this game I think is not going to be any different. And it's going to be about who can kind of like get the ball moving, play the front runners quickly, like both of these teams want. And um, yeah, and I, I'm going to give that edge to, to Orlando.
0: A smart edge. I, I think Orlando is getting to space first as well. I think that we'll see goals though. I'm going to go two one win to the pride in this one. Um, like you mentioned, Sydney LaRue, man, she knows how to score goals and they do have the power uh, to have a player like Marta in the midfield and Erica Timrak, who got the goal last week. There's something building there for them. I think, uh, Interim head coach Becky Burley is doing a nice job just listening to the players and listening to their needs at Orlando, understanding not necessarily what the team needs to do to win, but what each individual player needs to do to be successful on the field. And then she's putting that puzzle together on the field to get Orlando wins. I think over a team like Houston, you have to take a look at the power that they have in Rachel Daly, Shea Groom, the speed that they have. And I think that'll cause some trouble for Orlando's back line. Um, Just the speed factor between Daly and Shea Groom up top, even Veronica Latsko and, and Jasmine Spencer. She can be so quick on the ball too. And I think the speed, might outrun Orlando Pride's backline and that's why Houston will get one on the board in my 2 to 1 Score prediction. You have Orlando as well. Last matchup for the NWSL of the weekend it's Kansas City versus the North Carolina Courage, seven o'clock Eastern on Sunday. KC and North Carolina, they faced off just a few weeks ago, August 21st. North Carolina taking that game four to one. Kansas City, they're at the bottom of the table but they've been putting some good games together. They've been putting good stretches of games together. Their only two wins of the season have come in the last four games. So when the momentum needed to build and they needed to get goals and and score and win games, they did. Lori, I don't know about you, but Sandra and I, we were very excited for Kansas City to get some wins under their belt. Hugh Williams, he's he's compiling a squad at Kansas city with Haley Mays, Kristen Hamilton. I think they're starting to find their rhythm with the midfield in, in Lola Bonta for Kansas city and understanding how each other plays and, and how to go against other teams. But, The the name of the game for Kansas City needs to be defending against this North Carolina squad. Um, Last time out, North Carolina, they did not go with their traditional box in the midfield. They switched it up. Do you think we'll see the box again, Lori, or are they staying with their new formation?
1: Uh, Good question. Um, You know, I I wouldn't be surprised um, if they go back to the box against um, Kansas City. I think that's what they're most... um, you know, familiar with clearly. And, you know, I think that it does cause as, as much as you want to scout them, it does, it causes teams a lot of problems in terms of picking players up. And listen, when you have a uh, Dabinia and you have um, Amy Rodriguez now and Lynn Williams and Jess McDonald, I mean, that is a potent front attack. I mean, I'm with you in terms of Kansas city and they haven't been afraid to like make some moves to turn some things around. Um so I, I think this game's going to be tighter than we think, but I'm going to go 2-0 North Carolina because I think the biggest thing with Kansas City, even though they're starting to build a tough, um, tougher group to play against, has been just defensively. They've had some defensive woes, and against North Carolina, not going to be happy with not scoring any goals against Washington last weekend. They're going to come out firing. It's not an easy place to play in Kansas City, but I'm going to give them a 2-0 lead win.
0: North Carolina gets the win for Lori. You're right. The the defense (laughs) for Kansas city. It hasn't quite been there. We've seen a player like Katie Bowen for Kansas city shift from Mm -hmm. outside back to the center midfield six defensive mid position.
1: Do you like her in one place versus the other? I like her in that center mid-roll. role. That is another area. And, and when we talk about defensively, you know, I'm not just always talking about the back four. I'm talking about as a general, like, where where are the holes. And centrally, in the midfield, that has been an issue, right? Like, the way that Hugh Williams has said that he wants to talk – or, excuse me, play – is not what has been replicated out in the field quite a bit. And that just takes time in terms of the personnel that you have in the spots that you want. And one of the one of the things that he wants to do is move the ball quickly. He wants to circulate the ball. He's talked about switching the point of attack, finding the weak side. Well, Katie Bowen can do that for them as a number six. And also she brings that defensive presence in terms of just sitting in front of that back line, shoring things up, but also when they get on the ball and have possession themselves, She also can be that link player um, who will connect the back to the attack. And that's important. So, however, when you're only playing with one of those and we'll see how they, they adjust, that's why I think the box is important for North Carolina is because you can get players flanking that number six and it can cause a lot of problems with the way that North Carolina plays. So... Um, Still can cause some issues, even though they are starting to sure some things up defensively for Kansas City. I just think it could be too much at this point in time in the season um, to to keep a clean sheet and
0: 2-0. I like it. Stick with your stick with your gut there. And North Carolina, they switched from the box. Playing against a team like Washington Spirit that knows North Carolina and their system of play very well. I think switching back to the box against Kansas City would be a smart move for the Courage because Kansas City defensively, that's a lot of numbers to handle in the midfield. Um, Katie Bowen, yeah, she needs to be at that sixth position. Casey, if anyone's listening, keep her there. She does such a nice <laughs> job to break that's up the play. Yes, exactly. Come on, Hugh Williams, let's go. But... Katie Bowen needs to be in that midfield position. Um, I think 2-0 is a very good scoreline, and I do apologize. I correct myself. Last time they played earlier, just a few weeks ago, it was 4-0. Kansas City did not get one. I believe I said 4-1 earlier. Um, I think North Carolina, they take this one as well. Um, I want to go 2-0 two zil- two two as well. 2-0 uh, for Kansas City. Their, their defense is good, but it's, it's no match against... This North Carolina team and that box that they have and Lynn Williams up top, the speed is just fun. This is mm-hmm. a fun one to watch. So Kansas City, North Carolina closes out our weekend of NWSL matches a full slate of games between Saturday and And Sunday, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thanks to our guest analyst, Lori Lindsay for joining us. She will be back on Monday to recap all of these games along with CBS reporter and WSL sideline reporter Marissa Pilla. She'll be joining us as well to break down these five matches. A reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Also, give Lori a follow on Twitter at Lindsay 6 I believe. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question and we will answer it. We're also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube for all of our episodes and extended NWSL highlights from Paramount+. Plus. Just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. We will be back Sunday alongside Marissa Pilla, another Philly gal, to recap... Recap the entire weekend for Lori Lindsay. I'm Lisa Roman. This was the
1: Go.